Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, joined by the tournament master, Todd Gershel. Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. We're a week and a half out from Galacticon. Uh, Got a lot to do still, but uh, it'll get done. Yeah. It has to get done. It'll get done. It has to. It has to. (laughs) Ten days, man. Ten days to go. Uh, It's going to be a happening um, It'll be happening, yes. And, absolutely. Uh, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think um, there's some other activities outside of the con planned with some folks, which should be a heck of a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, the main event, of course, the con itself, uh, which yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, and you know, we've kind of already run down. Um, the the kind of a thumbnail sketch of what's going to be happening on the dates. Uh, but I know that you have a, an announcement uh, that you wanted to share. Uh, so let's just go right now. What's new with FedHQ? Yeah, so I uh, did want to announce that for Galacticon, uh, we will have a guest. It'll be a virtual guest, not an in-person guest. Uh, we will have uh, virtually joining us on Sunday at noon Central Time. We'll be Father James Mitchell, uh, who uh, we just released the uh, card for uh, in the last uh, quarter of Legends Prime. Uh, He'll be joining us to kind of talk about uh, his career and everything and take questions uh, from the audience as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's wonderful because our guests have really sort of uh, spanned generations, and we've had a lot of focus, of course, on you know, kind of more old school legends, uh, recently, uh, but to be able to have a guest who, you know, certainly still fits the bill, I think of, um, you know, having kind of a, a legendary career when you look back mm-hmm. on, you know, everything with Smoking Mountain, ECW, WCW and, uh, uh, TNA. And so now being able to kind of like bridge that gap a little bit, uh, through, through the nineties and, um, into the two thousands, uh, it'll be interesting to have that conversation with him and, um, lots of, lots of memories, man. Lots of memories, especially from his ECW days. Like oh, yeah. I, yeah. you know, uh, I was, I was really into ECW, uh, around the time I'd been into ECW before he came in, um, you know, around late 97, early 98 is when I got into ECW. And, uh, uh, when he came in and the stuff he was doing with Mikey Whiprack and Tajiri and everything, you know, it was just, it was, it was so interesting and so different from, from a lot of the stuff, um, that they had been doing. And I feel like he was kind of given free reign to say some weird shit. So stuff, stuff, <laughs> stuff. Uh, uh, so it'll be fun to kind of get inside his head and, and, and talk a bit about that. I'm looking forward to it. No, that'll be fun. So I know the I kind of adjusted the schedule online, and I know originally we had uh, some of the trivia and some other things on on the Sunday. I moved trivia up into Saturday. Uh, trivia has been created. Uh, the trivia master himself, uh, Jim Steinhoff, has uh, you know created some good questions there, uh, varying degrees of difficulty. It's all. Champions of the Galaxy related trivia. So we will uh, have that on the Saturday, kind of right before our main panel at two o'clock. So about 1.30, we'll be doing that trivia. Everybody can take part in, in it. It'll be uh, kind of the same app that we've used the last couple of years where you can uh, you just uh, enter, you know, enter on your mobile device or even your computer and you can answer all the questions then. And uh, we will have a, a prize for the uh, trivia cha- champion. It will not be a spot in the Galacticon Cup though. Uh, that will we're just holding that for pure tournament uh, winners only. So <laughs> nice. We have had trivia contest winners go there before, and you know we don't we don't want to give Troy extra chances at uh, getting in the tournament. That's just not what we want to do. Come on, I think, <laughs> you know how we really guess. 
<laughs> right. Hi, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another thing that uh, I, I think was kind of put out there in the description, uh, somebody picked up on it uh, on Facebook about the bonus Filsinger Games prize pack of yes. rare Filsinger Games items. Um, you talked a little bit about it, of course, on the Facebook group, but for those that aren't necessarily members of Filsinger Games promoters on Facebook, which if you have a Facebook, if you don't, I respect that. But if yep. you have a Facebook, uh, I highly recommend joining up. Uh, we're up to 452 members, lots of conversation, lots of uh, Fed postings, etc. It's a great, great community and a uh, wonderful alternative. Um, not that it needs one because I love the message boards, but it's a wonderful alternative for the message boards, although you see plenty of people who are on both. Um, yeah. I think it's also good for some instant feedback and conversation and stuff. It's a little bit different than the message board. Yeah, it I definitely, it, you're right. It feels a little bit more immediate. Um, and whereas the, the message board, of course, can have long, sustained conversations that kind of, um, yes. you know, might start from the announcement of a set through the release of a set or something like that. This is definitely, you know, like you said, it's a little bit more immediate. It's a little bit more, uh, um, you, you know, you, you check in, a couple times a day and you're going to see something new. Uh, whereas on the message yeah. boards, that's not always the case. But uh, like I say, you did mention um, a little bit more about this on the Facebook group, but for those that aren't participating in that group, uh, tell us a little bit more about this prize pack. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if, if anybody has been a long time um, member of the community, you'll remember kind of some of the, you know, packs back in the day where Tom would have, you know, some of the extra things that were lying around, whether it's flyers or maybe some extra cards that were kind of like, you know, diff- different times, maybe we were changed or something like that. And that was kind of added in, in this pack. So yeah, I'll, I'm going to be putting together, you know, mo- most of this was kind of around, you know, the kind of a little bit of the price hike in the, uh, cost of the con for the in-person people. Uh, and that was mostly just due to just running at a hotel is, is more expensive than running in like a restaurant or some of the other venues we've done the past couple of years, like, you know, community college or something like that. Uh, it's a little bit more expensive to run there. So, you know, my costs are a little bit higher. So I need to do need to pass some of that along there. So uh, I don't, you know, com- you know, completely lose too much money on this whole endeavor. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to raise the, I had to raise the price a little bit. So I figured to help offset that, um, that, you know, I'd offer off the, these packages there. Uh, they, I mean, the, you know, nothing that's going to be, you know, a, a rare thing that you can only get if you were there in person. Uh, you know, the, these, you know, the, there'd be a couple of different things that have maybe been offered over the years that are maybe not available now. Uh, there will be a couple maybe rare cards that we might have in the auction that might be kind of randomly uh, introduced into certain sets. I do have a, a couple of signed cards that I'm going to be including in there as well. So it's going to be kind of a mix of different things and different people, you know, not everybody's going to get the same thing then too. So there'll be uh, you know, a couple of things that everybody might get a copy of, and there might be some things where, um, you know, different people will get different stuff, just kind of random draw then. Um, but anyways, for the people who can't be there in person, it's not going to be anything major that they're going to miss out on. It, it's just, you know, it's just something else that I kind of wanted to have as a bonus thing, just to kind of help make, you know, help make up for the extra cost of this year's con and maybe clear a couple of things out of my, uh, you know, my, my uh, collection of, of stuff that I have lying around here uh, that we don't normally sell. Nice. So very, very cool. Two birds with one stone on that one. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's always a lot of fun um, to see, of course, what's in the auction, but I'm really excited to see what you have cooked up, you know, in this prize pack because uh, one of the neat things, you know, going back to the, the Phil Singer Games uh, promoters Facebook group uh, that Ken West has actually been posting recently is that he's been picking up old uh, wrestling magazines and, yes. uh, and posting, you know, photos of uh, the 
ads, you know, the old school Phil Singer Games ads for Champions of the Galaxy, which have been a wonderful walk down memory lane because, of course, that is, you know, myself and so many others, that's how we got into the game. And seeing these, you know, bring back fond memories, um, you know, sometimes of literally just kind of like staring at that at that ad and, and kind of thinking about, you know, these guys that I didn't yet have, that I didn't yet know, you know, seeing a picture of Raven and just being like, man, I want that guy. Uh, and, you know, and of course, the excitement of that very first uh, ad um, that I saw that I ended up, you know, cutting out of my uh, my <laughs> magazine and dropping in an envelope with a money order uh, when I was, you know, 13 years old and, and sending it in. Uh, actually, I, I think I was only 12 um, when I initially sent it in. Um, I turned 13, maybe would have been 94. Yeah. So I turned 13 actually right after, uh, uh, the set arrived in the mail. But anyway, um, so I, I thought that that was really, really cool. And, and just brought to mind, of course, all those, you know, little things that would be stuffed sometimes, uh, in the mailer with the sets, you know, whether it was a, a sticker or, um, a, you know, the other, uh, ads and, 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 uh, catalog, if you will, you know, that, that one sheet that kind of listed everything that was available. And, um, of course, I have you know a lot of that still um, to this day, but but seeing those um, kind of kind of sparked a little bit of an itch in me, wanting to go and, and pick up a couple old magazines and yeah. you know build build. I, a little I've been magazine. thinking of wanting to go back and do the same for a while now. At least go back and pick up like the first ever appearance of an ad. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think what that there probably would have been. I think it was around July '86. I would guess something like that. Probably was. Uh, was the debut there um you know the pwi then i was going to go back and there's there's um one store that is in connecticut here that has a huge wrestling room with just bins and bins of magazines i was i kept on thinking about going back to to go through those and and find that uh find what that original ad was and and pick that up and maybe but then kind of seeing ken's stuff i'm kind of like now i kind of want to go back and like get a copy of each of the ads and maybe put right. it together like a big collage or, or actually maybe rather than that, I think I was mentioning on the thing there about maybe getting a, a binder and kind of putting, you know, all the different ads in, in a book in a binder. Uh, that'd be a fun thing uh, to put together at one point. Yes, I completely agree. I think that that'd be a neat little, neat little artifact uh, for Phil Singer games history. Um, so, you know, in addition to, of course, uh, the, the, the prize pack and the auction, which is always cool. I mean, the, the thing I love about the auction is even as an observer, even if I'm not, you know, planning on bidding on anything, um, I always enjoy seeing, um, you know, what items uh, are up. And, uh, of course, you know, lately, uh, seeing what items go for, um, is, is always pretty cool. I think that it is, you know, there's been a lot of conversation even recently and, and, and in particular over the past couple of years, um, about the collectability of the game and about some of the premium prices that people are paying for out of print sets and harder to find items. Um, I think that, you know, the blanket statement of course is it's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. Right. You know, that's, that's it. That's what it all yeah. boils down to. That said, I'm going to go on the record as saying that I do not think that, uh, the charity auction is a good litmus test for what an item is actually worth. I think oftentimes promoters are, you know, feeling generous. They're digging a little deeper. They're willing to spend a little bit more on an item. I think if you look at uh, what an item sells for at the charity auction as being what an item is actually worth and what it should be sold for, how much you should pay for it. um, I I think that that's putting a premium on something that doesn't necessarily correlate with reality. Um, and, and, and I think that as 
we see, you know, as, as this community not only grows, but as we get older, as, as, you know, the, the longer we've been around and the more stuff that goes out of print and the more people that start to think like, Ooh, I want, you know, this set or that set or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I just think that's important to keep in mind. Um, because while some items certainly I think will hold and retain value, there's there's certain items out there that uh, the reality is there might only be a small handful of people that actually want that item, uh, sure. and 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 you might be willing to pay that premium price, but I, I think it's unfair to then expect everybody else to pay that premium price as well, um, because it just might not be the reality uh, of of what an item is is actually worth, you know. Um, yeah. So you know, that's just the same. That the same, same token. There's a couple of sets that were sold last year. I think some of the out of print uh, legend sets that I think people still got some deals on. So there could still be you know some deals to be made out there. Uh, on some of these, but I, I, overall, I do kind of agree with you. Uh, yeah. And there's no doubt. I mean, I think you're absolutely right that, 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 you know, that yes, the, the reverse is true, that there are some items that will sell at the auction that might actually sell for less than what maybe, you know, they could uh, sell for. Um, uh, you, you know, so I, it, it does, you know, but, but I just don't think it's always necessarily a true reflection. And I think that that's just important to keep in mind. And, you know, and it's also important to keep in mind that like, Thus far, I think due to the size of the community, like this isn't this is this isn't a community that's based around speculating. You know, this isn't a community that should be based around people like buying multiple tickets to the con just so they can have multiple exclusives so that they can then one day sell that exclusive off. You know, I, I think that that diminishes a little bit of of, of what we are and, and what we stand for. And I, I don't think there's any harm in, you know, in getting like two, right? Like, that's eh, yeah. fine. Like, if you want to get two cards and maybe hang on to one and then if somebody down the road, you know, is, the price is right, great, fine. But if you if you start like purchasing like, you know, 10 tickets to the virtual con so you can bank these cards and then sell them off later. It's like, okay, you know, that's cool, but I'm not going to be on board with it. Um, I just don't think, I just don't think that kind of speculation is, is, is what we're about. Like I said. So anyway, um, uh, I, I think that the, the cool thing about the auction is that we'll see some really cool items and it'll be a lot of fun, um, to, to see what, uh, people are, you know, how generous a mood people are in, um, in order to benefit the Trago Synthes Hall of Fame, which of course that ceremony takes place the week after Galacticon. So if you're going to Waterloo, I will see you there as will Todd. Um, and if you're not going to Waterloo, um, hopefully you'll be able to make space for it in the future because uh, from everything I've heard, it's an amazing, incredible time and I'm looking forward to it, you know, just as much, if not even a little bit more, maybe than Galacticon. Um, y- you know, obviously I'm going to be doing some work Galacticon weekend, so yeah. trying to go some I don't really have to do anything. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more relaxing. I think we might be, we might have a podcast up that might be about the extent of it. Yeah. Thing, I think. And, and, and but this is, yeah, I think I'm running, we're running one legends tournament, but you know, after Friday morning, yeah, I think we're pretty much, uh, kind of joined as fans though. Sure. <laughs> um, but I think uh, the kind of going back to the, uh, to the, uh, to the auction for just one second, I did get something in the mail this week, uh, from promoter Jerry King sent some nice stuff in there just to kind of give a preview on a couple things you might see at the auction that he, he gave up. Um, we have, uh, he did give, send me a copy of the dimension X classics, nice. the, uh, the book and the cards set for that, which is, which is really cool. That one's been out in for a while. We do have the book and the cards for legends teams as well. This Very is cool. one that's not available in print. And this is actually pretty cool. I'm like, Oh yeah, we haven't actually seen this for a bit. It's the original 
Legends uh, Wrestling box set, which includes uh, all the kind of original versions of all the cards in there uh, before the stat corrections, before some of the art changed and stuff like that. Uh, there's that Legends Wolf card in there um, and, you know, some other things uh, like that. So kind of a cool little uh, collectible there as well. So, you know, thank you to Jerry for uh, that great donation. So hopefully uh, that earns a little bit of extra money for the haul and, uh, pulling together some, you know, some uh, different, uh, you know, cards, kind of rare cards that I have, and definitely lots of uh, original artwork, including that original artwork for Chicago's own. Not really, but yeah, <laughs> built from there. The Road Warriors. So <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I can't wait to see what what that goes for. Um, and I do think that you know, just to just to clarify a little bit about what I said earlier, that stuff like that, like if we're talking about an original piece of art, if we're talking, you know, I mean, there are certain things that I don't yeah. think you can necessarily put a price on, um, you know, other than what somebody's willing to pay for it. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I, you know, obviously there are some incredibly cool items that are connected with the game, and there's some incredibly cool stuff that I know that people out there, you know, they do want to dig deep and they do want for their collection and 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 the more power to you um you know i just don't think again that, that you should necessarily place the same expectation on everybody who plays the game that you know to to enforce like a there's not going to be a phil singer games price guide you know what i mean like right. i don't i don't think that 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 um is is what we're looking for but anyway um I, you know, say, I, I was going through going through some of my stuff in uh that i have uh in my my uh my phil singer games kind of storage area there i haven't really bid on a ton of stuff over the years at the auction um but a couple of things i did win one of the ones uh was a copy of the um the original music cassette that mark ashby put together with the champions of the galaxy themes uh that was really cool and another one that i remember i got at a fairly good price uh was the prototype uh champions of the galaxy game box um you know before you know with the original stuff on it it had a couple different things that were different there uh different cards that were mentioned that were coming with it and 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 some stuff like that which yeah at the time i can't remember how much i wanted for but it was i I can't i don't think it was any more than 30 bucks which i can imagine by this point is probably more a lot more than that um but just you know at that time i just thought that you know that's something just so unique you know yeah. and such a cool part of like the history of the game so yeah sure. I, i'm very kind of picky with some of the stuff i've gotten of course there's been some other stuff over the years which i wish i could have gotten but it was you know i was you know either in grad school or you know you know didn't really have the disposable funds to do that at the time but uh some of the original art i i haven't always kind of bid on that and but i do have a couple pieces here that i that i do intend on keeping for the long term nice uh, yeah yeah i mean i I, yeah i i think that uh given the opportunity to own like something like that like a you know a prototype or uh you know again original art or unused art uh is, is is pretty cool it's one of those things that if you you know if you get the opportunity um you know if you have the ability to get a piece like that for your collection you know i would certainly say go for it um you know one of the things that i kick myself for uh and i I have no good reason um but attending c2e2 here in chicago um a number of times over the past you know seven or eight years um 
one of the first tables and big, huge table. Um, it was, you know, it was almost like you were, you were seeing the king, uh, of, of the con in a way, uh, was Neil Adams and mm. he's sitting there surrounded by prints, you know, famous, famous pieces of his art and, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And of course he's also doing commissions. Um, and some of them are just quick sketches that he's, you know, that he's firing off on the spot and some stuff, obviously stuff that he's worked on that people have commissioned ahead of time. And for whatever reason, I just, I never went up to him and said, you know, Hey, I, I, I love your work. I mean, the first time I ever saw your Batman, you know, it was, it, it, it made every other Batman look hokey in comparison, you know, just, just to, to, to get a moment to actually talk to him, shake his hand and of course get that original sketch. Um, and, and I think the thing there is, is it's like, it would have been for me, you know, it's like, I would have said like, this is what I'd like you to draw. You would draw it and it would be for me. And even if there are, you know, yeah. or, or four dozen other ones like it out there, it's like, that's the one that he drew for me. Unfortunately, I'll never get that chance, um, you know, because he, he passed uh, earlier this year. But uh, so I do think that, you know, when you can add something like that to your to your collection, you know, something that speaks to you personally and, and, and of course, something that's kind of a one of a kind. Um, it's it's an opportunity you shouldn't pass up <laughs> that's right. uh, as, as I unfortunately did. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah, you know, sometimes you never you never know when you're going to lose that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's always good to take advantage if you can. But yeah, I know I've definitely had plenty of those type of opportunities in the past which I've missed out on. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I certainly don't think anyone listening to this podcast should miss out on Galacticon, uh, the 33rd annual Phil Singer Games Summer Convention. Um, in of course. Wendy City, Chicago. Uh, we will be uh, having a great time um, both Saturday and Sunday. But obviously, there's going to be stuff you know going on for people who get into town early uh, on on Thursday and Friday as well. Um, you know, feel free if you're going to be around. Uh, you want to know what you should be doing. If, if if there's you know any advice you need, whatever the case may be, hit me up. You know, send me a message over on uh, Facebook or on the Phil Singer Games message board. I'm happy to answer any questions people might have, whether it's, you know, how far is this from the hotel or, you know, <clears throat> which is the best pizza in, in town, um, which there's like four different answers to that. At least, um, I can tell you this, it's not Luminati's and it's, you know, it's certainly not Giordano's, but that's fine. Uh, and, um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's just going to be so what, 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 are you, what are you saying? What are the, what are the four then? I got, I got, I got to hear this then. You know? All right. So there's one in <clears throat> Lakeview, uh, called Michael's uh, Tavern, which I just love. I think it's probably one of the best, like classic examples of deep dish pizza. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, if you, if you go there, you won't be disappointed. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that'll say Pequod's is overrated. I think the only reason that people say it's overrated is because everybody pretty much, you know, thinks that it's the best. Um, and even if it's not the best, it's certainly one of the best. Um, Chicago's pizza favorite as well. I know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Chicago's pizza uh, is good. It's. I think the thing that I love about them is that they just have so many choices. Like it's, it's such a deep menu. Whereas like Michael's, it's like you know, it's a tavern. You go in. They've got a great tap list. They got a great whiskey list. They got you know they've got great bar food and everything. But they have an amazing, amazing deep dish pizza. That said, it's kind of you know you're gonna get your standard stuff there. You know, sausage or pepperoni or you know <laughs> you know uh, peppers, onions, etc. That sort of stuff. It, Whereas the cool thing about um, a place like uh, Chicago Pizza is that they've got, you know, a little bit more variety, a little bit. I mean, their toppings list is just huge. Um, you know, they do the gluten free crust if you need, uh, you know, it's just it, good stuff uh, without a doubt. Um, 
those would probably be like my, my top three. Um, the weird thing is, is that for me, the number four is kind of the ubiquitous, like thin crust tavern style Chicago pizza, which nobody really talks about. Everybody always talks about the right. deep dish, but like there's a, you know, a tavern style sort of thin crust pizza that, it, you know, that in my mind, out of all the kind of like thin crust tavern style pizzas I've had in anywhere I've ever lived, like Chicago's really does is a cut above the rest. <laughs> um, and so pretty much any like decent pub or bar that you go to, they're probably going to have a fairly good one. Um, yeah, so that 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 kind of would be would would get my my vote, I suppose. Um, but there's okay. just so much good food in general. I mean, the, the city has uh, just an incredibly diverse repertoire of food. Um, you know, pretty much any type of cuisine you can think of, you're going to find a good restaurant that serves it here in the city. Um, and you're going to find it at different price points. You know, you're going to find awesome taco places that you're going to walk in and you're going to spend like you know six or seven bucks and you're going to be happy. You're going to you know find other restaurants where you know you're probably going to be looking at three figures before you get out the door um so it just really depends on what you want and and where you want it and how much you want to spend um because the nice thing is is that you're not going to be sacrificing quality um either way you go which is again one of the things that i kind of love about the city um inflation somehow has not yet hit some of the amazing taquerias in the city (laughs) okay good to know (laughs) yeah i'm trying to figure out you know some of my food plans you know during my uh whole stay there i will be staying a couple extra days and working uh working a bit in between uh galactic Continental hall of fame but i'm hoping to run into a couple different uh you know good good spots in those days so yeah, I mean, there's there like I said, there's uh, uh, just some great stuff, and uh, certainly if you're down in the loop, um, I, you know, any non-chain restaurant that you hit up, uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna be happy. Um, there's there's not there's not a lot of bad food down there because frankly, it wouldn't be tolerated. You couldn't, how, how you couldn't survive. You know what I mean? The overhead is right, so high right. um, on, on those properties and stuff like that. It's like, if you're not, if you're not doing it right, then you're not going to exist, you know? So like if you hit up a non-chain uh, restaurant in, in the loop, you, you're, you're probably going to have a very, uh, a very satisfied palate afterwards. <laughs> Wish you could go and get like a slice of deep dish pizza to, different places because like i just want to try like a whole bunch sure you know you can't do that (laughs) yeah yeah no you definitely you definitely can't although you know the nice thing is that some of those places uh that i mentioned do serve um you know like a a small you know almost like personal size deep dish pizza um so you don't have to always just you know get a get a 12 inch pie or, or or whatever uh um because yeah, I mean the thing is, is you eat like you eat like a slice or two, and and you're done for the day. <laughs> not just the meal, yeah. you know. It's it's it, you might not be able to fit anything else in your stomach for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, and then of course the other cool thing is, is that you know the Cubs are going to be in town. The AAW show uh, at Bourbon Street uh, is going to be going on. Um, there's always tons of cool shops and 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 you know other fun stuff to do. Um, Quake Collectibles, which is in uh, Lincoln Square, is uh, one of my favorite places in the city, quite frankly. And they have an amazing well, they it's David David Gutterman owns the the shop and operates it, and he's there. Um, 
six days a week. Uh, and he has an amazing collection uh, of wrestling figures. Um, you know, whether you're looking for old LJNs or Galoobs or, you know, new, uh, elites and AEW stuff, he's, he's got it all and everything in between. Not a lot of Hasbro stuff right now. Not a lot of the, um, you know, the old Hasbro stuff, but, uh, some, um, yeah, okay. it's yeah, but he he recently I'll, bought. A I'll be buying something. I don't know what I'm going to get. It's <laughs> something. That, that's my goal. I got to walk away. You know, buying yeah, something there for sure, for sure. I mean, he recently bought a collection uh, of LJNs that are in the best condition I have ever seen. Uh, <laughs> you know, loose LJN figures in, and they included you know. Uh, Big Boss Man and, you know, uh, Honky Tonk Man with the guitar and like just, you know, just incredible specimens of these figures, uh, you know, the likes of which that I just, yeah, had not seen. Um, And uh, he said he said that when the guy came in, he didn't really know what he had um, because his his uncle kind of left it to him or something like that. And uh, so he came in and uh, and Dave was like, he left a very happy man. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I can imagine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great, great place. And if you're into any other kind of toy, obviously, whether it's like Marvel legends or star Wars or, or anything, I, I mean, stuff that, you wouldn't even expect to find. Uh, um, he's probably got at least something related to it. Um, you know, lots of Transformers, GI Joes, etc. So uh, it's a it's a cool place. It's a cool place. It's an unassuming place. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you walk in and you kind of have to really just take a moment because it's packed to the gills with stuff. Um, but... I heard not I heard it's not necessarily the the best organized. No, place, no. By, by, by there's just everything there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the cool thing is, is that David like has a, a pretty good handle on what he has though. So if you're like looking for something, you ask him about it, he'll usually be able to tell you, you know, if, if he has it or if he thinks he has it, um, you know, obviously when like, with like the dollar bins and that sort of stuff, he has no, no idea. Right. Of course. Yeah, at yeah. that point. But like, um, you know, if you come in and you say you're looking for a certain piece, he, you know, he'll at least be able to steer you in the right direction. Um, okay. if he's got it, um, um, and he's just an awesome guy, a great guy. And then the wonderful thing is, is it's like, you know, bring cash because, uh, you know, you're likely to get a little bit of a deal, um, if you're paying cash versus paying, you know, with card or something. So, got um, it. Got it. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, tons of other great things, not just, not just restricted to, to, to wrestling and food. Uh, of course there's, there's lots of sites to see if you, if you want to do anything, if you're going to be around for an extra bit of time, the architecture tour is amazing. Um, yeah. and I'll be doing uh, that for yeah. sure. Yeah. The art Institute is one of my favorite places in the world. Um, so yeah, great, great, great stuff. I'm excited that it's going to be here in Chicago. I'm excited that people, <gasps> excuse me, I'm not going to edit that out because I'm lazy. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, I'm excited that people are coming into the city. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it should be great. Yeah, I, I've been to Chicago, I think, a total of three times, each time for business. And yeah, I haven't really gotten to see many of the sites there. So uh, very, uh, very excited to go around and actually see some of the things I want to see instead of, you know, some hotel, you know, conference rooms and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, so uh, I hope that everyone, again, that's listening to this is able to make it. And if you're not in person, that you will at least attend virtually. Um, we will make sure that everyone has an amazing time, whether you are there on a screen or in the flesh. Um, but we've got uh, speed of great time. We've got all these new releases that are going to be dropping yes. that weekend. Um, yes. and we got some new names to talk about. 
Uh, and, yes. uh, you know, I think one of the first, we should just dive right into Tragos and Thez set three. And the name uh, right now is, of course, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Um what a what a colossal announcement, honestly. You know, I, I, I think that regardless of whether or not, you know, there's always this conversation about like, oh, who's the headliner? Who's the headliner? In some sets, you know, it, it is kind of easy to kind of just say like, oh, this guy is the headliner or whatever. Um, but we've been so lucky recently that we've had a number of sets where it's hard to decide. And so I really do think that it's left up to each individual promoter to decide <laughs> like, who your favorite card is. And even the even the previous sets where we have been able to maybe point to a name and be like, oh, Macho Man is the headliner or Luthez is the headliner or whatever. There are other promoters that might not agree with that. There are other promoters that might say like, well, sure. for me, the headliner was so-and-so. So right, right. obviously it's up to each individual to decide. Um, but I mean, Mark Henry is, regardless uh, of where you, you place him kind of in the hierarchy of this set, uh, a huge name, a huge signing for uh, Phil Singer Games. And uh, yeah, I, what, what are your thoughts on this one, Todd? No, I'm really uh, thrilled to get Mark Henry in there. It was definitely one I was not expecting due to, you know, just you know, being, you know, with AEW right now. But, uh, you know, there's, I guess, some flexibility in some people to be able to uh, to do that. So, uh, you know, kind of going in, we we're kind of plotting out the teasers. Uh, you know, we, we thought that Sergeant Slaughter would probably be expected by, by more people than Mark Henry. <laughs> um so uh you know that would came out first although you know talking to mike afterwards he's like well now kind of coming back and seeing like oh wait you know this came right before july 4th probably sarge probably should have been the pre-order announcement given that but uh you know with Cronoodle coming out non Cronoodle coming out right beforehand we did sarge first sarge is i will say you know sarge is the uh primary uh image on the cover of the handbook um with uh um with henry um and rotunda and i think shamrock along with them on the side so yeah it gets in there since you know sarge is going to be the top card of the deck he's going to be the main card the main image on the book but at the same time like yeah different people could have totally different guys as their top one for the set and i think that's super cool yeah i I completely agree i mean i think that you know in some ways, the name that still kind of like holds the most sway for me, it, it might it might be Shamrock still, um, which is a weird thing for me to say because I am so over the moon about having Slaughter, and I think that he's the one yeah. that's going to find the easiest spot in my Legends Fed um, sooner than, than, than the other guys. But there was just something about, you know, I think the signing of Shamrock and, uh, you know, it, it, again, having that biography that Jon Snowden um, had written that uh, came out not too long before he was signed uh, and, and, you know, and and hearing about him being signed and everything and just thinking that, you know, it's an incredible, incredible signing. And the cool thing is, of course, is like, you know, he and Henry, um, you know, were both sort of uh, a part of that attitude era, um, uh, you know, in, in different uh, circles, if you will. But, uh, I, yeah. I think, uh, it's, it's really cool to be able to kind of, you know, represent that further represent that era, because of course we have a number of names that, uh, also, uh, you know, were in that, um, in that generation. Um, and of course, Henry and, and Shamrock even did feud at one point. Um, so I, I think it's just really, really cool, and uh, I'm, you know, looking forward, uh, of course, to to this set and and you know, hopefully many more. Um, what what are some of your favorite memories of Mark Henry? 
Let's see. I mean, obviously, number one for me was just him uh, doing the fake retirement speech with John Cena in the salmon uh, jacket there. I mean, that was just absolutely classic. Where it's like, oh, okay, you know, because at that point, you know, Henry, yeah, he'd done some stuff there, but then that really turned his character right there and, you know, and kind of gave him a new edge. and, And even though he didn't, Beat Cena there, it really kind of amped him up another level. Uh, that that probably sticks out to me as like the number one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wrote this and I firmly believe it. it, it it's it, I still think it's one of the finest promos I've, I've ever seen um, yeah. because every single person in that audience bought it hook, line, and sinker. Um, and, and I just, I think it was just brilliant work. Um, and, and it's funny because, you know, yeah, he, he'd gone through so many permutations as a character, right. You know, starting off kind of, um, you know, being, uh, you know, kind of a bit of a baby face, right. Because he's this Olympic, you know, uh, power lifter and everything. And he comes in and, um, you know, they, they, I think they saw him in, in one way. And then of course he aligns with the nation of domination. So he's kind of a heel. Um, and, uh, and then of course goes a, a little bit more, the a goofier route with the whole sexual chocolate, uh, stuff, which was, you know, which was a lot of fun. And, and of yeah. course culminated in May Young giving birth to a hand, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which has been paid off a couple of times in the future. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And programming, which is kind of fun. So, yeah, yeah, and you know, and and, and again, then he he really sort of I, I think had this uh, this position where he was, um, you know, he, I, I don't want to say he was in the mid card because he was always sort of pushed to be this legitimate threat to whoever he was in the ring with, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't until you know his, his ECW run, I think, when they started to maybe see him as as being like. Uh, you know, real championship kind of material. Um, and it still right. took a few years even after that run was over um, before he, he made it to the, the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, but yeah, I mean, that when you think about it, you know, here's a guy who'd been around for like 15 years at this point. Um, so it really f- felt well earned. Um, and I think that, you know, as far as like big men and, and strength and power, I mean, he, he's definitely one of the most iconic guys um, when it comes to representing, you know, uh, just this, I mean, just an incredibly powerful human being in the ring. Um and yeah, and, and uh, you know his recent stuff that he's been doing on AEW. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it 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 started off uh, a little rocky, uh, but yeah. uh, you know now he's really kind of carved out this this nice spot for himself. And I know he does a lot uh, of uh, outreach, and you know is kind yes. of um, you know part of their sort of their community uh, group as well as as participating on um, on Rampage, letting everyone know when exactly it's time. For the main event, right? It's enough talk. It's time <laughs> uh, so excited to to have Mark Henry join the ranks uh, of the Trago Synthes Hall of Fame set. Um, you know, I think that you know, for for anyone out there that that wants to contribute to the ongoing speculation about what it means to have somebody like Mark Henry in the set, is it means we have Mark Henry in the set. Um, you know, yeah, there's no all it means at this point. Yeah, us. there's no you know broader uh, uh, brush to paint that with when it comes to AEW or the potential for you know other wrestlers uh, or or announcers or whatever the case may be to be involved with Phil Singer Games. It just it literally all it means is yeah. we have Mark Henry. Um, so kind of just just let it let it rest at that. 
Um, and uh, as far as, you know, more Tragos and Thez Hall of Fame sets, I think, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I think it's a good bet that we're going to see more. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't have any, don't know for sure. Uh, yeah. It's not a hundred percent. You know, we, it really depends on, you know, how, how things continue to go there. There might even be, who knows, might even be some opportunities to kind of uh, have some uh, more cauliflower alley sets down the line too. I mean, that would be great as well. So yeah. you know, I think that's, you know, kind of, kind of finding out, you know, what we do here, you know, kind of having a niche where we're able to, kind of help out these organizations through, uh, through, you know, what we're doing with some of the fundraising and things like that. And they're able to help, you know, get access to certain legends that can join our game. I think it's a, it's a great, um, you know, mutual relationship there. And hopefully we can continue to foster that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, and there's so much that goes into, of course, uh, the signing of names. And in particular, when we're talking about legends who have who passed, um, you, you know, there's a lot of different factors that, that go into that. Um, and sometimes it doesn't necessarily all boil down to, you know, a relative, you know, sometimes there aren't any existing or available to us, or we don't know who they are. You know, I mean, that was one of the yeah. things like with Billy Wicks. It's like, I had to do I had to do some investigating, quite frankly, to, to find, you know, out the person that would, um, you know, that would be the right contact. And, you know, and in some instances, there's there's all sorts of like legalities about like, you know, when they passed, where they passed, you know, that sort of stuff that may, you know, be a further barrier or, uh, you know, the exact opposite to, to perhaps yeah. including wrestlers in the game uh, at a later date. So you, you never know. You, you never know. And I think that, you know, we've been incredibly lucky to have some amazing, amazing signings over these past few years. And I think that, you know, there's every likelihood that that will uh, continue in one way or another. Um, and, and I don't think people should be too concerned uh, about the well running dry just yet. Um, no. No. So, uh, of course, Tragos and Thez Hall of Fame set three is not the only set that will be released. Uh, we also have uh, the Impact Pro Wrestling set, uh, the indie set, which we'll be talking a lot more about next week. Isn't that right, Todd? That's right. So uh, just kind of came together last week as we were planning last week's uh, uh, podcast that we uh, will be doing a roster reveal next week for all the different art and the different characters that will be part of the Impact Pro Wrestling set. Uh, so we'll be doing actually uh, it as a live podcast next week, which will be our first time doing something like that. It'll be on Zoom. I'll have all the information out there soon. Uh, and uh, we'll have Chad Olson on with us to help uh, do that reveal then. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I mentioned this last week. I had the opportunity to take a look at these cards uh, ahead of time. I don't think I've seen the final um, stats or anything like that, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I just think it's going to be a really, really fun set. A lot of great stuff uh, for promoters to use in their indie feds. Um, and I haven't seen any of the art other than, of course, the release James Jeffries art. So I'm really, really looking forward to to doing this and talking with Chad uh, uh, further about this because I've had the opportunity to have a couple, you know, quick conversations with him about that. Um, you know, when we're not talking about other life stuff like kids or jobs or right. whatever, uh, uh, which is a lot of fun. You know, I yeah. think it's, it's one of the things about this community that's great is, is it's like all of our conversations don't have to be about the game or about wrestling no. or whatever. <laughs> it's about the relationships you have with the people too. I think it's just as important for sure. Exactly. Uh, I will say, uh, one of the fun things, uh, on, uh, 
Sunday, we, you know, Werner was kind of finishing up a lot of the, the art there uh, so we can kind of get everything set for print and whatnot to have it ready for Galacticon. I know there's a little bit of a question if we'd be able to get it done, but it looks like everything uh, will be fine for that. Uh, but I was sending over a lot of the art on Sunday over to Chad just to check out, and he happened to be at a barbecue with a good portion of the roster, and it was a hit. You know, seeing all the artwork for everybody uh, coming in, and I think the the, the guys there really uh, really loved it and appreciated seeing all the artwork. That's so damn cool. That is, I just, I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, especially because oftentimes, obviously, when a set is released, there are opportunities perhaps to show a card to someone. You know, if you happen to be at an indie show or if you happen to be at a Legends, you know, event or something like that. Yeah, but the ability to basically like unveil the art to everyone involved at the same time in the same place that's just so cool yeah yeah no yeah it was definitely really really cool so yeah so uh we're, we'll i'm gonna uh we'll do a posting on the on the boards and probably i'll have it on the the phil singer uh we'll, we'll put an article up as well about how you can all uh be part of that it'll be similar to kind of how what we did for the phil singer games night in the early part of June that you'd just be able to join the zoom with us. We'll have everybody muted on there. Um, but you know, we might be able to unmute people here and there, uh, for asking some questions. We'll do, you know, we'll do the set uh, roster reveal. We'll have a, uh, you know, a couple updates just on, on, uh, what's going on around the galaxy here. We'll kind of open it up uh, to some questions for folks and, you know, we'll, we'll answer what we can. There's, there's obviously some that, you know, some things we, you know, can't answer completely. Uh, at least uh, at certain times. <laughs> so. sure. right, right, right. Um, excellent. Uh, well, and of course, in, in addition to all of this legends and indie goodness, we will be getting the next chapter of uh, Champions of the Galaxy with Origins twenty one thirty eight, and we had the announcement of Istar. Um, suddenly, Tharkis has a new enemy. Istar is a member of Tharkis's own race and has had enough of the bad publicity that Tharkis has been causing. We're not all like him, Istar claims. Tharkis is a bigot and a warmonger, but who is bringing Istar to the GWF, and will this young rookie have what it takes to defeat the clever and conniving veteran Tharkis? He's a young punk, says Tharkis. I'll put him in his place where he belongs. What is the major shocking incident in Origins 2138 that will make this feud even hotter? All the answers are coming when the latest Champions of the Galaxy expansion, Origins 2138, is released in a couple weeks. Origins 2138 is now available for pre-order, along with the 2022 Tragos and Thez Hall of Fame expansion set and the Impact Pro Wrestling Indie expansion. The new games will have a special release at Galacticon in Chicago on July 16th and 17th, and will begin mailing in late July to all customers. Go to the website to get your pre-order in now. Um... Istar. All right. So obviously we, we talked with Tom a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I mentioned this before we started recording. Uh, he had mentioned, and I, because I'd asked a question about it, that he's been reading a little bit about like, you know, Middle Eastern philosophy, religion, etc. cetera. Uh, and he's pulling in these names. And I think it's kind of fascinating because I'm wondering if it, you know, if it means anything. But the thing is, is that like, it's clear that, you know, these are, are disparate characters. This isn't like a group or a faction coming in under the guise of, you know, utilizing these names or, you know, being a part of Earth's history or whatever. So I just find it kind of fascinating that he's been, you know, using these names and I'm wondering, you know, what it might mean, um, if anything. And uh, I think that this is obviously another cool example of that. What are your thoughts on Istar, Todd? I, my main thought is I'm going to have a lot of trouble not calling him Ishtar, uh, <laughs> as we described before. Uh, I've already called him that and I'm not the only one. Uh, right. But uh, no, the, uh, overall, I think the, the art is pretty cool. Uh, he went through a couple of different colorations as we were kind of seeing some of, uh, seeing some of the uh, 
upfront stuff. I think he came out uh, really cool at the end. Uh, I like a little uh, antithesis to uh, Tharkis. I know Tharkis is a, a character Tom enjoys writing for, so kind of having another little thorn in the side of, of Tharkis uh, from kind of a little bit of his past there. I think is a is a pretty neat thing. Um, yeah, how it all shakes out with uh, some of the events that kind of go around that that's hinted out there is is pretty fun. Uh, so yeah, definitely a cool character. I'm interested to see where he kind of goes after this year. Uh, really, you know where where his growth is because I can definitely see uh, a lot of potential for him for sure. Yeah, I agree. I really like his look. Uh, I think. Um... You know, there's something about the the look of this card that you know we're, we're getting somebody who's probably pretty agile, um, you know, and 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 yet you know probably not you know too weak. Obviously, if you look at those guns, uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking forward to reading the story and uh, you know maybe getting getting him in the ring uh, with Arcus sooner rather than later just to see uh, see what happens. But uh, great art, you know, Daryl knocked out of the park. Um, you know, Tom's coloring is great as well. So I, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, this is another card to look forward to. And, and, and thus far, I, I, I genuinely feel like the art for this set has really just been hitting a high note the whole way. Um, you know, Titan Power last week was just an incredible piece. Um, you know, I know Stu over in Uncharted Territory he was talking about how it was just wonderful to have this kind of like classic kind of, you know, wrestler art, right? You know, he's in the ring, he's got that action pose and everything. And I completely agree because uh, it, it's in contrast to some of the other pieces that we've had, especially like, you know, Bloody Mary or Zulfikar. Um, so it's, it's it's cool uh, to to get that, but um, yeah, uh, you know some some great great reveals thus far. Some great characters. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all fits together. Um, when Origins 2138 drops uh, that Friday night will be will be a lot of fun reading into yep. the the wee hours. Um, yep. So it will be a midnight central release around that uh, in the lobby of the hotel. We'll be doing that. We'll try to loop in Tom with us. Uh, to join us there as well virtually um but yeah we should uh yeah should have it around around that time once as soon as we're back from aaw i'll run up and grab everything uh get that in the hands of everybody fantastic um and of course that aaw show should be a lot of fun going to be some great talent on the card um and of course the aaw championship will be defended but we don't know um who Matt Fitchett will be stepping in the ring yet, because of course there will be a match earlier in the evening to determine that. Um, but all that aside, we've talked a, a lot, mainly because we had no strong format going into this, um, which is wonderful. You know, uh, when I'm unprepared, uh, I tend to just, you know, prattle on. Even when I'm prepared, I'll, I'll prattle on. Uh, but we do have a topic um, for tonight, and, and this is when Todd gets to do all the talking, because it's something that I know next to nothing about other than that it happened, um, you know, and a couple of little, little things here and there that you've told me over the years. Um, and that has to do with wrestling geek fest, which was the last time that Galacticon was in a hotel before this year. Um, so talk to us, tell us about the setup for, uh, wrestling geek fest and, um, you know, kind of how Galacticon fit in with all of that and, and what your role was, uh, in, in making that all happen. Yeah. So, uh, I guess this was back in, uh, 2015. So we had just kind of come off of the, um, uh, COGG live event 
uh, at Galacticon 25, which was the last one that was held in Jamestown, with the exception of one that came a couple of years later on its own. But at least the run of 25 Galacticons in Jamestown, it kind of ended in 2014. Tom was moving away out to Arizona. So we were kind of looking, all right, what's, what's going to be the future of Galacticon and whatnot? At the same time, I kind of, you know, was was thinking, oh, you know, um, you know, what, what's something kind of like the next evolution there? And, you know, maybe Galacticon could be part of something bigger that is a whole, you know, we, we were, you know, had a live wrestling event the one year. Well, what if Galacticon was part of a whole weekend of live wrestling and other things going on? And this kind of developed my idea to do uh, something called Wrestling Geek Fest, which we did in Cleveland, which was the, the original home of uh, Phil Singer Games, which I thought was kind of a fun kind of tie back to that. Um, so uh, this was uh, maybe a little ambitious at the time. Definitely a little, maybe a little too ambitious on my part, uh, you know, stepping right into this. But uh, we partnered with uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling out of Cleveland and uh, to do to kind of help with doing uh, shows. It was actually run at a Holiday Inn in Strongville, Ohio. Uh, which uh, is a suburb of, of Cleveland there, um, which has been known to have some big conventions. There was actually a comic book convention uh, uh, for that was there on uh, the Sunday of, of that weekend, but we had like the main room open on uh, uh, Friday and Saturday to us, and we'd have a little, you know, small stuff on Sunday. Um, but it was, you know, overall, I think, you know, it was very ambitious, but I, I think, you know, overall, I think it had, you know, maybe a little ahead of its time with kind of bringing different things of uh, wrestling culture together uh, under uh, one whole banner. So, you know, just to kind of go through what we did, we had on Friday night, there was an AIW show, uh, which was their Battle of the Sexes event, which was all uh, intergender matches, with the exception of one that was a uh, AIW women's title match between a Athena and uh, Lufisto. Uh, but there was a you know, number of their matches there. I remember we had Johnny Gargano versus Candice LeRae was one match. There was uh, Eddie Kingston versus Mia Yim was one match. Um, there was, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Madman Pondo versus uh, the later be known uh, Crazy Mary Dobson. Uh, that was apparently I, I kind of missed some of that one but apparently that one went a little overboard <laughs> it was maybe a little uncomfortable at certain times there but uh, you know, overall it's you know, kind of an interesting uh, you know, interesting uh, uh, night there of action uh, from AIW and then kind of you know, one of the things that I always thought kind of kind of fit with the whole wrestling theme was uh, was comedy so on the Friday night we also had a stand-up comedy show with a, you know, a couple of different uh, comedians that were uh, big wrestling fans uh, Martin Murrow who's a Chicago-based comedian um, was there uh unfortunately i missed his set when apparently he was absolutely phenomenal um but uh you know amongst the, the names also we had mike lawrence who was uh later on went on to win um uh, the roast battle tournament um and he was a pretty pretty successful comedian uh but kind of got him kind of on the on his way up there uh and you know he he, he you know he was pretty fun as well so it was kind of a you know kind of cool to do that uh have that we also had um and then on saturday kind of was a big 
kind of open time. Uh, we had different video games uh, systems set up, uh, kind of hit you know different historical games. So we had an NES with uh, the original Pro Wrestling and WrestleMania. We had a uh, Nintendo 64 with, uh, I believe, No Mercy. Yeah, I think it was No Mercy and uh, one of the WCW NWO Revenge games on there. Nice. Um, so, and then I think we had another, we had another system as well. Uh, but yeah, you were able to kind of play those games uh, against each other and whatnot. We had, you know, a little tournament and stuff like that. Um, we had um, a student showcase that afternoon of uh, you know, just you know, we had the ring set up. So uh, some of the AIW students and uh, we also had some uh, students from CZW and Dojo Wars uh, traveled in and uh, had a show that afternoon, um, which was which was pretty cool. That was kind of ended in later on, but uh, definitely turned out really cool. One of the highlights for me in that was the appearance of one Eddie Kingston, <laughs> who on his own, decided to just go and do everything. So one match, he was uh, the ring announcer. Another match, he (laughs) was uh, um, the referee. Another match, he was um, uh, the uh, play-by-play guy. Uh, I think another match, he was just timekeeper. And he just kind of jumped around every match. Every match, he was doing something different. And he just completely did this on his own. And it was absolutely hilarious. So, but <laughs> uh, a, lot, a lot of fun there. That's awesome. Uh, we did have, um, it, you know, also I think there was a, a, do- a documentary um, uh, that was on Tim Donst uh, that was uh, released at the con as well. You know, kind of his kind of comeback from from cancer and whatnot. Uh, and uh, we did got to debut that, which was was pretty cool. And in the midst of all this, there was also some Filsinger uh, uh, Games game playing going on. You know, there was still you know some Galacticon pieces of there, even though maybe not as much as as, as typical. Uh, Jay Mello, who uh, we also sometimes uh, dub the Tournament Overmaster. Because uh, you know, he's helped out multiple times over the years. When I've been overwhelmed, he's kind of helped run a lot of the tournaments and stuff. So he kind of took the reins that weekend to kind of run some stuff on Saturday. Uh, that Saturday night, we did a um, uh, I did a show. You know, putting on my own kind of show, which I called the um, Saturday Night Spectacular. And uh, we had just kind of a weird, a different thing. So we had, um, I think the first show, the first match of the show uh, was a Dalton Castle Open Challenge, which uh, we decided. So the ring announcer was uh, loud, loud and noxious. And so to help determine Dalton Castle's opponent, um, we had a special chart that loud and noxious had with a pair of dice, and he rolled dice to determine who was going to face. Uh, Dalton Castle. It was a representative of some promotion over the years. Unfortunately, there was no one from Don Owens, Portland Wrestling. There was no one from World Class, <laughs> but there was someone from ECW, and it was Colin Delaney from the WWE ECW who came back in his old gear that he had not worn in many, many years, but uh, kind of a fun match there. Nice. Um, <clears throat> we had a women's showcase. It was Madison Rain versus uh, Mia Yim. Uh, originally I wanted to have like the women's showcase. The original match I wanted to book was going to, I wanted Heidi Lovelace versus Candice LeRae, 
for uh, like um, Candace, unfortunately, had to wasn't able to make it. She had to go to a, a with Johnny to an Evolve show that got scheduled later on. And Heidi originally you know, said she had to go to the Chikara show. Chikara again scheduled a show later on as well. But then she wound up not going to Chikara show, just hanging out at the rest of the Geek Fest with us all weekend. So she could have been booked in there, which you know would have would have been fun. But you know, still cool to have her in there. She was actually in in the. She actually wrestled in the student showcase. It was a tag match of her with Ricky Shane Page against um, Penelope Ford and DJ Hyde in a very weird mixed tag match. Uh, yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah, yeah, very very odd, but you know, cool that that all those all those people took place in that. Uh, we did have a Champions of the Galaxy kind of match. Uh, Jeff Guthers kind of book kind of a continuation of some of the uh, Wolf and Gladiator stuff, which uh, I don't think most of the crowd knew what was going on with that. But you know that's all right. It, it was kind of, still kind of interesting and cool having <laughs> Massacre there as part of it. Uh, we had an old wrestling showcase uh, match, which I, I'm a big fan of the old wrestling. Uh, Marion Fontaine. Uh, it was. A, it was. A, I think it was a six-man tag match uh, there um, with uh, Judge Hugo, who looks a lot like Ricky Shane Page, uh, <laughs> and there with with the Senators against uh, Gregory Iron, uh, Marion Fontaine, and um, I forget what his name was. Uh, Lewis Linden under a mask. I can't remember what his, his gimmick is, but uh, it was a fun, fun match there. Uh, and then kind of going from the old school wrestling, we went uh, to the kind of insane hardcore wrestling and we had a six man match with uh, uh, the nation of intoxication. So it's Danny Havoc, uh, Lucky 13 and Devin Moore taking on um, the Chris brothers and Madman Pondo. And wow. there was all sorts of chicanery going on there. Uh, there was a table broken and all, all this fun stuff going on. And that kind of led us into intermission. Uh, one of the things that we did book as part of that as well was a costume contest. Cause I always thought it'd be fun to kind of, you know, these type of, you know, con, you know, having a costume contest. So we had a costume contest and uh, one of the fans dressed up as Bray Wyatt and he won, wound up winning, um, um, uh, uh, there was also on, uh, I don't know if you know Nick Houseman who, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, for wrestle, I think wrestle zone, he, he, uh, for he, he showed up there as well, uh, kind of covering the weekend and, and he dressed up, um, as, um, uh, shoot, um, why am I blanking on his name right now? The comedian that Jerry Lawler fought. Oh, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, thank you. Yeah, he dressed up as Andy Kaufman and kind of his whole get up with like the the long pajama type looking things there. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, it was it was pretty he had the robe on and everything. It, it was pretty hilarious. But the, in the end, the Bray Wyatt guy won. But uh the, the contest was hosted by Leva Bates. And nice. basically uh the whole contest pretty much just led into a cosplay tag team match where we had uh Leva Bates as mankind. Uh, teaming up with um, uh, our, our Roddy Piper, um, uh, which was played by, oh man, I'm blanking on her name now too. I should have had all these names with me. Uh, uh, um, her name will come back. Uh, but kind of taking on Mary Dobson, who was Kane. 
and uh, and Veda Scott, who was IRS, and she was awesome. <laughs> That's nice. IRS. In the end, I know she wound up taking Leva wound up taking. Uh, I mean, uh, Veda Scott wound up taking everybody's finishers from from everybody in the match. And oh, and uh, in the end, we had Dick Justice showed up as uh, um, uh, Dusty Rhodes uh came out at the end it was right after dusty a couple weeks after dusty had passed so we had uh had him show up in the polka dots uh as part of that uh kind of kind of making the the final count i think he wound up taking over as referee after the ref got knocked out so um but it was just it was a whole overbooked wonderful schmoz and it was great my my full brainchild on that one there uh funny part with dick justice is originally Dick Justice was going to be dressed up as Hulk Hogan. However, a few weeks before that was the whole scandal with the tape and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, it was not prudent to have a Hulk Hogan reference there. However, I did have the outfit with me. And one person who did show up there uh, that was not invited, but, you know, he just shows up anyway, was Virgil. <laughs> and I was at one point contemplating asking how much it would cost Virgil to dress up as Hulk Hogan for the cosplay contest, but in the end, I decided against it. So, <laughs> wow, I kind of regret that, but you know, that would have been kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we had another match with uh, Tim Dons versus um, uh, Paul London, which was a wild match that just kind of went everywhere around the whole the whole ballroom that we had. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, the to- totally a lot of fun. And Paul London's entrance, I think took like 10 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> it was during his prime time period when he was doing this, going around, slapping everybody's hand throughout the entire audience. It was pretty wild. Um, and then the main event was, uh, Moose versus Eddie Kingston. Because uh, you know, I wanted to book Eddie Kingston in a match, and very glad that I had that opportunity. Um, but yeah, the, just overall, it was you know interesting card of different things. But you know, I got to say I got to put on put on a wrestling wrestling show, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. We did also have um, right after that was a um, you know, the first night we did the stand up comedy. The second night we did um, improv comedy. And so we had uh, Bryce Remsberg, who came in just for the second day. He was our host of the improv comedy, uh, which uh, I think we did. Don't know if we had an official name. I don't know if it was Clothesline. Uh, if uh, 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 is it anyway? I don't know if we, if we officially had a real name for <laughs> it, but uh, but it was a lot of fun. He got to, to host that, and we had all the different wrestlers and some of the comedians that were still there uh, participate in that. Um, and some of the games he put on was was great. And again, you know, Eddie Kingston stole the show uh, in that, which just should come as no surprise. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's great. Um, it was Brittany Blake, by the way. Brittany I, I Blake, thank you. Quick, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I completely. I'm like, I could see her face in there, and I knew, yeah. So thank you, Brittany Blake was was our Roddy Piper in that one, and, and she had a coconut with her, which she hit um, IRS over the head with. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, the Sunday, the Sunday was a shorter day and that was kind of much more focused on, uh, the champions of the galaxy stuff, uh, or sorry, on, on, on Galacticon. So that's when we kind of made up a lot of our tournament, you know, the tournament makeup there and clowned a, uh, a Galacticon cup champion, which was Dave Little, um, who, uh, 
one it was Shane, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, so we did, you know, did get to have that. You know, that was much more focused on gameplay on the Sunday. We did also have a podcast recording that day. Um, Daryl Banks joined us as well on that Sunday in, in person because he lives in Ohio, so he was able to come over. Um, you know, we got to talk to him on the podcast, and then our other guest that we had that was still there uh, was Greg DeHammer Valentine. And he joined us on the podcast. And that was a infamous moment that actually made it into the wrestling media after that. That was where <laughs> he kind of went off on women's wrestling and whatnot. And it made some mainstream publicity after that, which was, you know, for better or worse. But uh, um, but overall, you know, it was uh, it was a wild weekend, uh, you know, definitely Something, you know, something to look back with and be like, okay, that, that happened. I, you know, I got, I pulled it together. I mean, everything, you know, everything kind of came together as it was supposed to, you know, I think, you know, I definitely learned a ton for that. And I think overall, maybe he's a little ambitious to jump right into that level of a con, uh, probably learned a little bit more about like, you know, probably, you know, uh, you know, how, how to do publicity for event. I, you know, the attendance wasn't, wasn't as great outside of our core audience. And we had some people there, especially with the AIW show. And, and we had, you know, you know just other people besides the Philistine Games audience there for the, the rest of the weekend, but maybe not as much as I had hoped. Um, so, you know, it, it just kind of like feel you know, some learning experiences with that. And yeah, I think after that year, we kind of toned things down a bit back to the normal Galacticon. But, you know, one year I kind of really wanted to do something all out something I'd always wanted to do was a convention like that, that kind of brought together everything in wrestling uh, culture together. And I think there's opportunities to still do that in the future. And I'm sure somebody will, will take, take that on in the future. That's maybe more you know closely involved in the wrestling industry, but uh, say, got to, I got to say, I got to do it once. And then, you know, at least I can say that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I mean, anytime you get to be an active participant in, in, you know, the business that you love and that you, you know, you've worked on in, in some capacity, you know, even from this sort of like, uh, tangential level with the game and everything. Um, I think it's, I think it's something to be proud of. And, you know, just again, based off of what you told me and hearing all of this now, what a full fun you know, weekend to be a part of and something that yeah. again, just, you, you know, was, was bigger than Galacticon, you know, that, yeah. that, that there was a lot of really, really cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I think it sounds like such a blast and, and I wish that, uh, that I would have been, uh, you know, in a position at that particular point in, in time to, to attend. Cause it would have been a heck of a lot of fun, but, um, 2015 would have been, that, that that would have been an interesting time in my life, to say the least. Uh, I know I definitely didn't have anybody because that's what I was still, you know, working as an actor. Although by that point I was, you know, I was making a living, but uh, didn't have a lot of room for, you know, trips to Cleveland for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was probably doing summer stock or something anyway. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that just sounds super cool. Uh, do you have like, I, I mean, obviously you went over, you know, uh, a list of, of memories, but do you have kind of, you know, one favorite memory or something that stands out maybe that you didn't, uh, talk about or that you could talk, tell us more about? Um, I mean, there's a couple cool things that happened. I remember at one point, uh, meeting Johnny Gargano's mom and kind of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and talking to her for a bit and, you know, she was just, you know, so proud because Johnny had just done their first matches down in NXT 
and just kind of hearing her just how proud she was of, of him and whatnot. And, uh, you know, and then me, you know, mentioning us about the card game and be like, well, you know, you need to have a card of, you know, Johnny, I want you to have that. He's like, no, no, you, I have to pay you for it. Like Aww. you're doing this. Like, I'm, we kept on going back and forth. Be like, no, 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 I want, you know? So in the end, you know, we, we, we did something, we gave her some extra, I think, you know, uh, the, what, what, uh, with it. Uh, cause yeah, just, that was just really cool to, to meet, to meet, uh, to meet her. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, I think, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned some of the Eddie Kingston parts there that was just, you know, just I always remember that. And that's I think that's part of another reason where I, I was always a huge fan of him. But like after that weekend, I think, you know, just, yeah, I absolutely loved him even more. Just kind of just seeing his personality and whatnot and and, and just joining in on the fun of everything. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a couple, I mean, there was a couple of the parts where, you know, some, some, uh, some other wrestling fans that, came up afterwards uh, that, you know, we're not Phil Singer Games fans that just said like just how much fun the entire weekend was. And, you know, that, that kind of, you know, that kind of strong, okay. You know, I got to you know have a good impression, a good experience on, you know, for some people that they really enjoyed it. So, you know, that, that's, you know, part, you know, definitely, you know, somewhat worth it there, all the effort, you know, it was, it was a lot, a lot of time, a lot of effort that went into it. Um, it all, you know, it all came together. It went, fairly flawlessly <laughs> like you know everything kind of went i mean yeah the, the indie show started a little late but what indie show doesn't start yeah, late right. you know so you know that's it's <clears throat> fine um but you know everything yeah it was it was cool i think maybe the one thing is you know the you know the phyllis Air games game playing wasn't as big of a focus as maybe you know it could have been with everything because yeah. i just had all these other things that were added in uh to the whole weekend um but you know it was cool to do once can we do it again maybe uh <laughs> if my wife lets me but i don't know if she will uh but <laughs> um i think there's a good chance of us doing some type of uh being involved with some type of wrestling event in the future whether it's another champions of the galaxy live event which i, I would love to do another one of those if we ever could in the future uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that'll be a future podcast for sure. I want to bring Jeff yes. in on that, uh, to kind of talk about that whole process. So we're, that was about eight years ago was that, was that live event, but, uh, it really kicked off in, uh, at WrestleMania weekend in 2013. So maybe, maybe sometime around then we can kind of talk about 10 years in the making of, of, of that whole process there. Uh, Cause that, that was an interesting journey in, in its own right uh, on its own uh, um, with the whole Kickstarter and, and, and everything around kind of building that and weird changes of venues and stuff. Uh, I'd like to get into that at one point for sure. Yeah. I, I, I would love to hear more about that. You know, I've, um, I have a lot of footage in my hands, uh, but, uh, you know, I haven't, um, I've heard some stories, obviously, you know, we, you've told me some stuff here and there, uh, but I would love to hear more uh, about it. And, and I think that, you know, people that aren't uh, familiar with the event, um, you should check it out because it's a lot of fun, you know, getting to see some, you know, 
fairly big names now uh, yeah. you know, wrestle as as your favorite you know iterations of uh, of GWF characters. Um, whether it's you know Orange Cassidy as Star Warrior, Chuck Taylor as Thantos, or Alex Reynolds as Wolf, and uh, just a you know a really cool thing to do. And again, I'm I'm really hoping. Um, I know that 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 maybe there were some comments made even recently between the two of us uh, <laughs> about you know trying to do that again someday, and uh, I think it'd be really cool. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. We, we we might just be crazy enough to to try it. Um, maybe maybe you know the funny thing. One of the funny things with the Orange Cassidy is. I remember we wanted to book him as that. And he's like, oh, okay, because he has he had another gimmick, which I'm not, you know, kayfabe brother. <laughs> doing that other gimmick. But he's like, oh, usually this other gimmick I charge a lot more than the Orange Cassidy. I'm like, oh no, we want the Orange Cassidy, you know. So which, you know, these days I can't imagine with the uh, you know right. Yeah, you know, with the with the difference in booking fee was that fee, you know, over the last couple of years. So yeah, uh, I mean, he's definitely, I, I, you know, the, the cool thing is, is that over the past couple of years, you know, he's certainly gained a lot of fans and, you know, uh, for a while there was arguably, you know, probably one of the top, you know, definitely a top five guy in AEW, uh, yeah. you know, as far as fan response went and you know, just due to the nature of the business in general, you know, you, you you might not always necessarily be that, but I think after his recent match at Forbidden Door, um, you know, some people are, are seeing him in a completely different light, um, including Hiroshi Tanahashi, who recently said on his podcast, uh, this is translated by way of Chris Charlton, by the way, uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling, that... Um, the, the one guy who stood out the most to him on the card, other than obviously like his opponent, Moxley or whatever, that... Um, was Orange Cassidy, and that Orange Cassidy, you know, would would fit in wonderfully at the Tokyo Dome, and would be, I, I think, would just be, uh, you know, you think about guys like uh, a Toriano, who, who of course is, you know, pretty much just a, a comedy act these yeah. days, and every once in a blue moon, like he'll bust out some, you know, some some real wrestling, um, but uh, you know, I think that Orange Cassidy would bring kind of those comedic sensibilities um, along with, you know, being able to 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 you know bring the work rate that New Japan usually expects out of their wrestlers and uh, right, it'd be really right. interesting to see him in that capacity to say the least um pack was another guy that he was uh was was really impressed with as well but um yeah you know uh, that that's that's our star warrior that's it's pretty cool <laughs> uh anyway um well, I, I think, you know, for anyone else that was there, you know, throw some comments uh, on the message board and, you know, tell us what uh, what your thoughts were for the event and, you know, any great memories that you have. It would be, you know, be lovely to kind of continue that conversation a little bit uh, over over on the message board. But, um, yeah, what a, what a really cool thing to do and, and a wonderful way to, you know, to really just embrace the, the wrestling fandom as a whole and, you know, and, and, and the business as a whole, um, which isn't something that, unfortunately, we, we always get to do and I know that in conversations that you and I I mean let's face it our very first conversation was was basically all about that um you know and, and what I could do to kind of like bring the game to to all in and, and to Starcast mm-hmm. and to try to find a way to you know do something fun and uh and I think you know just kind of continue along that vein and find other avenues to to potentially do that and um it would be really really cool to see that become maybe more of a regular thing. And like you said, it's a lot of work. There's a lot that goes into it, but you know, maybe there are ways to, uh, to make it not quite as hard. Uh, and, 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 and again, make it something that happens a little bit more often. Um, 
So thank you well, for taking I, I, us down I, that trip. Absolutely. Now I think there's still some legacy from that weekend, you know, that we've kind of continued on with with the uh, Galacticon weekends, like, you know, where we can trying to incorporate some indie wrestling into the weekend. I think that's been a important thing the last couple of years where we can that, you know, that and a lot of times it's worked out that there is shows in town uh, that same weekend. Um, sometimes we plan on it. Sometimes it's just accidental, uh, but uh, that's been kind of cool the last couple of years of being able to go to some shows there. Um, and then, um, you know, and I guess, you know, over the years there's, there's been different iterations and different things that have gone on with Galacticon that, that have changed that, you know, that were not the case when I first started going uh, that, now are you know just mainstays like things like having the the set released at the con or having um the online online release that same weekend you know that wasn't necessarily always the case before either um so you know now things that are just kind of you know commonplace you know over time it's 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 you know come to be um and uh, yeah it's kind of cool we'll see what kind of legacy we continue on now you know we have some of the different you know Exclusive cards is like a new thing that, you know, last couple of years has, has, has been introduced. Um, and, um, you know, and obviously all the virtual pieces of it, which was, you know, we kind of had to do it two years ago. Right. <laughs> and now is just, you know, ingrained into everything that we do. So, yeah, we'll see where, where things go in the future uh, in terms of, you know, how we run the con and maybe having some other different things incorporated over time. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, you know, one of the neat things, of course, with the exclusive cards is that there's an opportunity to, you know, to maybe even push that a little bit further into other avenues and other channels and, you know, give people opportunities to maybe, you know, going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, you know, own some unique pieces, um, you know, in the here and the now, as opposed to always necessarily having to look back, you know, on on, on what out-of-print item, you know, they need to track down or, or whatever. Sure. Maybe there's opportunities to offer pieces now uh, in the here and now. So, um, and I mean, that's the whole point, right? You always have to keep moving forward. You always have to kind of keep, you know, trying new things um, because I, I think that while, you know, the core of the game uh, and the core of what everybody loves about it, you know, certainly we don't want to change that, but there's uh, opportunities to do other things that uh, can enrich, you know, the experience for people and, and, and you know, also maybe just widen the appeal um, and, you know, bring us to uh, a new a new level, um, which, uh, which, is, which is always kind of part of the goal, right? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And so, yeah it's been kind of cool the last couple of years kind of going to different cities and stuff, too. Um, you know, where we could, you know, going out to Pittsburgh and seeing that area, uh, going, um, you know, going to Chicago this year, you know, I hope we get to, to, to see some, you know, bring, bring Galactic down to some other areas and get to experience some other different, uh, you know, wrestling in different parts of the country and, and, and other sites and, you know, allow people to have like a whole vacation around Galacticon, I think is, is kind of cool. So we'll see yeah. where things go the next couple of years. I have a couple of ideas in mind of, what I want to do. Um, and we'll see where people want to go and we'll see what, you know, Mike strikes down and, you know, decides he wants to do instead, you know, <laughs> <I> never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, and maybe someday we'll do Galacticon in Sedona, Arizona, you know, and, and just go out to Tom, although, uh, he, thinks that that's not going to be a very good strong Galacticon, but you know, you never know. I mean, look, Sedona is beautiful. There is no doubt about it, but also in the middle of July, it's hotter than the hinges of hell. So I don't this know that like, <laughs> um, yeah. 
But that said, uh, it would still be pretty darn cool. Because, um, like I said, I mean, Sedona is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I, I, I was there a few years back and just, yeah, completely, completely take, took my breath away. Um, yeah, well, that, I mean, that's cool. And, you know, I'm always looking forward to what's next. So uh, hopefully we'll have some, some cool stuff to share with people down the road and also, you know, find even more ways to engage people and get people's opinions and, you know, get people working yeah. Working with us to determine kind of what's what's next, because um, I think that that's one of the coolest things about the game is that you know that that, that it is so easy for us to all kind of stay connected and, and have these conversations and you know um, take part you know be be a part of uh, of that you know that that um, plotting of the course if you will. Um, so that basically, you know, takes us to, to the end of our episode. Um, we, we don't have a whole lot else to cover. Um, but before we get out of here, I just wanted to add a quick note kind of in uh, reaction to something else that was said um, on, on Facebook and a couple of other conversations that have sort of taken place, you know, off the record, um, that we do have an exceptional community of, of players and fans, uh, promoters, um, that have really, really helped to, you know, heighten, um, our ability to produce an incredible game. Um, and, you know, so many of the people that, you know, work on the game that, you know, that work for Phil Singer games are, you know, of course, fans first, uh, myself included, um, that's how it all started was, was just, you know, a 12 year old kid rolling dice in his bedroom, um, for me. And, and I know that that's the same story for so many others and, and has been for, you know, 35 plus years. Uh, and I think that with a community that has been, you know, um, large enough to, uh, you know, have this kind of impact, uh, and, and, and longevity, um, that there's bound to be, um, squabbling as, as my daughter likes to say here and there, uh, and, and, you know, maybe even a little bit of division, uh, on occasion, but, uh, at its core, you know, we're all doing this for the same reason and that's to play this game, enjoy this game, to share results. And I think that while it's difficult for some people for a multitude of reasons to, you kind of do away with, uh, you know, a, a certain air of maybe, you know, certitude or, uh, you know, a desire to, you know, to know more than everyone else, a desire to uncover all the secrets as early as they possibly can that, you know, really what it boils down to is that we all share that same excitement whenever we get a new set. We all share, you know, that same joy when we get to roll the dice or read the handbooks. And I think that that's the important thing to focus on because it's so, so easy um, via social media and the message boards, you know, to, to give the snark, to be misunderstood, to, um, you know, to fire back, to get defensive, um, and, and lose a little bit of sight of that. So, uh, especially as we approach Galacticon, um, you know, keep in mind our, our Galactic code, uh, of, you know, of, of, of fair play and fun and respect for, for one another, one another's ideas and the way that everyone plays the game and the way that everyone enjoys the game. Um, and that it's not always about knowing more than the other person 
or being better than the other person. Certainly not always about being right, because uh, I, I guarantee you, anybody who thinks they're right all of the time, well, they're not. And uh, you know, the the best thing that we can do is to just listen to one another and to keep playing the game and enjoying this and um, taking part in, in this amazing community, because it really is an exception to so many other communities that are out there. And um, I think it's absolutely true that that the promoters are you know just some of the best fans in the world, which might sound kind of self-aggrandizing since I count myself among you. Uh, but um, <laughs> I think we have a wonderful community and I love being a part of it. Um, and I love the opportunity to talk to you all and, and, and sit here with, with Todd and Mike when he feels like joining us, uh, and talk about this game, uh, that, that we all love. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, so, so much of, of what we've gotten, especially kind of on the legend side of things in particular over these past few years has really been a wonderful gift. And, you know, there are a number of people that work incredibly hard on keeping that coming. Um, you know, people that, that are making these signings, people that work on the cards, um, you know, statting them, the art, etc., writing the bios. Um, and so it's important to remember that, you know, that, that the, you know, they're, they're people that, that they're, you know, they're fans that they've been doing this for a long time. Um, and that of course covers all of the different avenues of the game. And, um, yeah, we could just stand to make sure we're being kind, um, and, and, uh, allowing space for one another to, uh, to do this and enjoy it. Um, and, uh, to keep the dice rolling. So, with that said, uh, Todd, what do you got for us before we get out of here? <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with our special live roll-up edition, kind of our last uh, push into Galacticon with the uh, Impact Pro Wrestling roster reveal, which should be a ton of fun. So, uh, uh, hopefully, we'll have up pretty soon the information about how you can join that. I assume it'll be our normal time hopefully we'll have to, i'll circle back with uh sam and, and chad about exactly our start time before i post all the information uh but uh yeah we should be uh, next tuesday night uh we'll be doing that and um then uh we'll be heading right into galacticon uh we'll be sending out soon the survey for the virtual tournaments still looking for some tournament moderators. If anybody's able to do that at all, uh, we'll make it worth your while for sure. Um, and uh, other than that, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in either Chicago and or Waterloo. Uh, it should be really fun uh, 10 days or so uh, out in the Midwest. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, Phil Singer Games Midwest Tour, uh, 2022. Uh, yeah, I, I I am as well, and I'm looking forward to you know meeting some people in person, shaking some hands, uh, you know, maybe even maybe even giving out a few Sam Fain hugs because. Damn it, I'm a hugger. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take one. <laughs> uh, excellent. Um, it'll be a great time. So I'm really looking forward to meeting everyone who's going to be there. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm glad you brought it up again. Uh, the Trago Synthes Hall of Fame induction ceremony, uh, which will be the following weekend in Waterloo, Iowa, uh, town of my birth, uh, should be should be uh, just a blast. I'm really looking forward to the whole event. Um, the IPW show is one of the things I'm honestly looking forward to the most. Um, um, you know, just just uh, watching some some good uh, wrestling, and uh, you know, obviously the AAW show. But you know, I've seen those guys before. Um, so yeah. these IPW folks, uh, there's a lot of a lot of names, of course, that I haven't seen at all. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I, I think you know if you've not already pre-ordered your sets, uh, make sure you do that so you'll be among the first to get them after the con. Uh, if you're not attending in person, of course. Um, and if you are not attending in person, because um, obviously it's, it's, it's a little late probably to book some of your travel, uh, but if you're not attending in person and you want to attend virtually, make sure you sign up for that. You'll get the exclusive cards that way, and you'll certainly be able to take part uh, in as much of the event as possible uh, virtually and, and not miss out on any of the panels. Um, to be completely honest, just because we we have a lot of content kind of you know planned out, I don't necessarily know how much uh, of the uh, live event, uh, the panels and such that will be sharing on the podcast, uh, um, afterwards, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll try to do some of the stuff, uh, uh, you know, and drop it in where we can, uh, but don't bank on being able to kind of like miss the con and then hear all of the content after the fact. Um, right. so I would certainly say try to, uh, attend, um, to, to make sure you don't miss like the James Mitchell stuff or, you know, any of the panels with, uh, with the legends folks or Tom or anything like that. Um, uh, certainly will, like I said, we'll try to include some of it. I just don't know how much of it we'll be able to, uh, and of course, we'll also be podcasting from um, Waterloo as well. So there will be some cool content that we'll make sure to bring you uh, if you're unable to uh, attend Waterloo. But if you'll be here, looking forward to meeting you, looking forward to shaking your hand. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, you got anything else for us, Todd? One, yeah, one more thing I wanted to add in. I forgot to mention that. Um, if you're going to be in Chicago or in Waterloo uh, and you... Uh, Want to pre-order your items? Uh, definitely do so, but make sure to use the code Galacticon in the coupon section at the end, and that'll bring up a, th- a free shipping option, which basically means you don't have to pay any shipping, and you'll be able to pick up everything right there at the con. I know I have at least one person that's not going to be in um, uh, not going to be in Chicago, but will be in Waterloo. So you can use the same code for either one. Just let me know where you want to pick it up at. Super cool. Excellent. That's, uh, that's, that's good to know. Um, all right. Well, uh, in that case, uh, it's time to get out of here. So take care of yourselves, take care of one another, keep the dice rolling. And, uh, we'll be back next week with a live episode of roll up joined by uncharted territory and legends team member, Chad Olson, uh, as we reveal the IPW Indies expansion, uh, set contents, uh, should be a heck of a lot of fun. And, uh, we'll have that exact time for you, uh, uh, sometime this week, so keep your eyes peeled on the message board uh, on the website or, of course, on the Phil Singer Games Promoters uh, Facebook group, where we will, of course, uh, have all that information on, on all three channels. You won't have to just go to one. It'll, it'll be available across the board, so um, you won't miss it if you're only uh, uh, looking out on, on one of those. And we hope to, to see you there. It should be a heck of a lot of fun um, for that live reveal. And, of course, um, like Todd mentioned earlier, we'll take some questions. So uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Yeah.